ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Cantina Chatter Podcast. Uh, we are here following up on the last episode in which we were talking about predictions for the Disney Plus series, Star Wars, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and all of the things that we thought uh, would come to pass in uh, the actual series. The series uh, just wrapped up last week, and um, I, th I think we all have some thoughts and uh, opinions we want to get into. So once again, I have uh, Jurassic Dave here with me. Dave, how's it going? Hey, Victoria, it's going good. How's everyone else doing? Doing good, doing good. And we have uh, we have Tom with us. Tom, how are you doing? I am doing well, Victoria. I'm well. I have air conditioning again here in sweltering New York City, so that that leaves me happy as a clam. Nice. Yeah, I have mine running too. It's a warm day. It's a warm day. Um. All right. So six episodes of obi-wan kenobi and um i know that last time we spoke uh i i said this was the series i was most excited for out of anything that they had announced in terms of star wars series um so let's talk about whether or not kenobi lived up to our expectations and the hype i mean i know that's when it comes to star wars fans it's kind of a tall order that you're almost never going to meet um but as, i think as long as it delivered for the most part um we're going to be pretty happy with it. I feel like it, it did, you know, not a perfect series at all, but certainly uh, one in which I found a lot of enjoyment and, um, you know, I'm still thinking about, you know, on a daily basis. Um, so kind of what I want to start off with is, is just kind of get into our, our scores of uh, on a scale of zero to 10 for Obi-Wan Kenobi, just to kind of clear that out of the way and see what we feel. So um, Tom, I'll go ahead and start with you. Boy, I, I hate to be weak sauce here, but I, I want to probably say I, I if it was out of four, I'd give it maybe a, a two and a half to a three. Um, but out of ten, I want to say seven. Um, I liked more than I didn't like. It reminds me of the Star Wars prequels in that despite me finding it kind of dumb, I really enjoyed watching it. If that makes sense, but yeah. we'll go into more of the specifics there. Though I imagine, probably a lot of people are like, "Yeah," but I, I, I loved it. I really liked watching it. I'm looking forward to watching it again. But, you know, seven to ten. Okay, cool. Yeah, I don't think that's out of line at all. That's right about. I put about seven, seven and a half out of ten for me. Um, I, I really liked watching it, um, but it just came across overall as just another Star Wars series to me, just something else, Star Wars on Disney+. Plus. And I think what most people had, including myself, just kind of build it up. It's just going to be epic. This is going to, you know, ratchet it up to the next level as far as uh, Star Wars television goes. And that, I think it kind of failed at it. It kind of, in some ways to me, almost step, took a step back from what Mandalorian Season 2 had set up. And it, it was epic, but I feel like the epicness to me came in at what the fans had already known about the characters. It didn't really show mm -hmm. us anything like really epic. It just kind of relied on us to know that what we were seeing was already set up somewhere else as being epic. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, for me, I would give it an eight. Um, you know, there were there was certainly some stuff that you know, we'll discuss in a bit that I found it was a little perplexing or, you know, just a little nonsensical, but <laughs> for the most, for the most part, I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, I, 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 I really liked it. I really liked watching it and I thought it was fun and it was great to see, you know, some of these actors back and, uh, we'll get into our lists of things that we, five things that we loved and then five things we didn't love. And we're just going to touch on our lists by mentioning what these things are, and then we'll circle back and go a little bit deeper. But that way we, we uh, also clear the air in that regard, regarding things that we loved. Let's start off with the positive. So um, Dave, five things you loved about Obi-Wan. Um, let's see, I kind of just made a quick list here. And the first thing on my list, um, for better or for worse, I think was the feeling that the show gave us just its tone, its aesthetic overall. Um, I thought it did a really good job blending the way the prequels looked uh, with original trilogy and um, prequel trilogy, even style, the way the lightsabers looked, the way it was shot. And like I said, for better or for worse, I liked that because that could some people might be a detriment to the series. But just the feeling and, and the, even the feeling of the characters um, 
knowing that we went through the entire prequels with these same two actors and I really thought it did a really good job of of, of conveying these are the same characters that we went through the prequels with now in the next uh, chapter that we have here. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Tom. Um. I didn't write down a list because I've, I've kind of got it in my head. Um, number one for me, um, I'm going to save the thing that I liked the most for the last one. So the other ones will just be, sort of be in, in random order. The number one thing for me was Ewan McGregor back in the role as, as Obi-Wan Kenobi. I thought he was absolutely spectacular. Um, I mean, it's, you know, I don't know how challenging the role is being, you know, that character but he was he was great he's so much fun to watch um seeing him with a little bit you know defter scripts um better dialogue was was just wonderful wonderful fun everything about that i i loved um it was everything i loved about him in the prequels specifically two and three because i think one he was just sort of not very interesting in um but it was all that times 11 um he's great he was great that's your whole list oh the, oh oh I'm, go, I'm doing all of them oh sorry oh the entire list okay number two getting joel edgerton and uh bonnie peace back getting those two back getting to actually do something with those characters either than just showing up and being like hello my name is owen and this is my girlfriend future dead wife you know, uh, they were. Yes, I'm your stepbrother. Yeah, I'm. I'm guess I'm your stepbrother. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, that's that's one of those things that I think we wanted from the prequels that we didn't really get anything from, and now we got that. I wish we'd had more of a minute because I think Joel Edgerton is a fantastic actor. Um, Bonnie Peace was a delight. Um, the final the final episode with those two was dynamite. Um, loved everything about it. Uh, number three, I liked Reva an awful lot. I thought Reva was fun, and I liked the twist that her plan was just to kill Darth Vader, to get close to him to kill him. I liked that. Um, I wasn't disappointed by her turn away from evil, because I, I like that in these sorts of stories, even though it's sort of like, is someone going to do that? We're kind of predicting it, because, you know, it's Star Wars, like, yeah, yeah that, that's what they're doing, but, you know, it's Star Wars. Um, so I like that. Number four. Um, yeah, the aesthetic choices, specifically in the second episode, where we spent a lot of time on that prequel-looking planet, I liked a lot. Oh, and, and to add on to that, uh, the character of Haji, I thought was an absolute hoot, and I loved him. And he, I was worried that he, as an actor, would just be wasted as, like, a brief cameo. And he showed up a few times enough to, like, be like, all right, cool. They're, they're, they're making good use of him. And now I think I'm to number five, right? And that was three. Or was it three? Uh, I'm not counting. Yeah. They're in your head, Tom. They're in your head. <laughs> yeah, they're in, they're in my head. The thing that I like the most is, is uh, little Leia. I thought that the girl that played her was absolutely fantastic. Um, she was absolutely delightful, uh, 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 sparkling, snarky, precocious dialogue. Um, so well-performed, so cute, so funny. Uh, in the fourth episode, where she sort of gets relegated to fixing a thing in a, in a tube while other stuff is going on, I, and, you know, Darth Vader's there, great. It's like, I don't, no, no, no. Bring me back little Leia. She is so much fun. Um... She's absolutely a highlight of the, the series for me, and I, I don't know how, but I would love to see more of her as that character. I'm looking forward to seeing whatever that actress does in the future as well, but I, what, what a knockout, what a knockout casting, scripting, and, and, and performance done by, yeah. by her and that character. Loved it. Yeah, yeah. totally, I totally agree. Dave, just to double check, did you get through your whole list too? No, I didn't. Um, I think Tom and I have some overlap, so I'll just say the ones that that didn't overlap. Um, I get the feeling number... a lot of our stuff's going to be pretty similar yeah. in this, isn't it? Yeah. So um, uh, my second one was the Kenobi, seeing him go through his changes. 
Uh, I thought it was a little rushed, but I still appreciated where he started from and where we ended up. It kind of reminded me a lot of Last Jedi, uh, Luke Skywalker. Um, yeah, just, you know, being shut off from the Force and, you know, unwilling to trust people to, at the end, he really had to, you know, make a leap and trust someone that he didn't know well enough, you know, to get uh, Leia to safety. Um, so yeah, the other one I have here is just um, Hayden as Vader. Mm. Um, I'm not positive. I don't think it was him in the suit all the times, but I still felt like his mannerisms were captured. Um, even when I saw uh, Darth Vader walking around, it looked like Anakin Skywalker from the prequels. And just a along with that, the uh, voice simulation, just the, the cadence and the way it spoke, it sounded just like uh, original trilogy uh, Vader mixed in with the way Hayden speaks. I, I just thought that was awesome, and it really brought the the character more uh, together for me. I could really see um, more cohesion in, in it. Yeah, completely agree there. I'm I'm not a fan of the re-speecher thing myself, um, which I know they use for it. But I, I forgot to mention the the scene where Vader gets his face cut. And you're doing the the overlap between the two different voices, and and mm -hmm. Hayden's really bringing it there. That was um, delightfully creepy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So for my list, um, you know, like you guys said, overlap. Um, I loved Ewan being back. I loved um, Hayden being back, even if we didn't get to see as much of him as you know I might have hoped for. Uh, just knowing he was in the suit at least some of the time, and you know. Consequently, you know, having Obi-Wan and Vader back, you know, together was really cool. I mean, you know, we could have continued to go without these characters like facing off again on screen, but the fact that it happened is is neat. Um, I loved little Leia. I thought she was fantastic. Um, for all the reasons you said, Tom, she was just very, you know, charming and cute and engaging and um, you know, definitely a, you know, what you would envision Leia being like as a kid. Um, I really liked Reva a lot. Um uh, I, I don't un understand the flack that she's got a lot of the flack she's gone online. Some of it I, you know, I kind of get, but mm. um, I just thought she was very like, like if it, you know, it, she, she had like some raw Anakin energy, like from the prequels, like, you know, just, you know, very like brazen and, um, you know, strong headed and, you know, just kind of seeing her in action, just trying to get things done, you know, even before we knew her motives, you know, her wanting to kill Vader. Mm. Um, it just felt it felt really cool. It, it, she brought like a fresh energy to the show, um, and I do I, I I did appreciate also you know that twist that you know that she was hunting Vader. Um, I like the flashback with um, you know to the to pre attack of the clones. I I guess. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. It was neat seeing that um, the de aging on Ewan was great. I don't think it was quite as great on Hayden, but you know sometimes it looked it was fine. Um, but, uh, you know, it was still fun to have them back and just kind of, you know, like, like who would have thought like, you know, five years ago, you would never expect we get to see that again and to see it. You know, it's like super, super cool. It hit me in the feels for sure. No chance. Five years ago, we're still angry about the prequels, right? Or are we or are we angry about the new ones five years ago? Five years ago, I think we're angry about the new ones and everyone loves the prequels. I've always loved the prequels five years ago. Six years ago. Yeah, the whole time Six they loved them all along. <laughs> yeah, the whole time. And uh, the fifth thing I have is the final confrontation. I just, you know, seeing that, seeing that, you know, was was neat. Like, they obviously Vader and Obi Wan had some some brushes, you know, throughout the the series. And um, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about the the first encounter, but um, the the final duel, you know, it was. I really liked it. Um, particularly, you know, the the way the way it ended, the way things left off. Um, you know, it, it, it was very, I think it was really nice to see them took the, take the approach that they did. So those are my things. Those are my uh, five things that I loved about the show. Those are all nice. great things Thank about you. the show. Everything else about the show stunk. I hated it. It made me angry. No. <laughs> of course it did. Anything here we want to highlight to go into a little bit deeper off of anything that we've, we've, we've pinpointed here. I, for me, the, the 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 show was 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 made by Little Leia, um, and I remember I, I came into this uh, with my arms crossed, saying I do not want another Star Wars babysitting series because that's already the Mandalorian, that's already the Bad Batch. I don't want any more 
babysitting series. And I watched it, and I'm like, all right, we're going to do it. So can can you make me like the baby this time? I was like, oh, yeah, no, I really, really like her. Um, her relationship with her parents was a lot of fun, getting the brief little taste of Alderaan. Again, another thing we should have spent more time on in the prequels, I think, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. was 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 great. Um, I uh, Watching her run through the forest and those clumsy bad guys just bonking their heads in trees and falling over was... Uh, <laughs> That was a choice that I, I laughed out loud at. <laughs> Hopefully that was the intent and not just an accident, but, you know. Um, yeah. Cool. Dave? Um, I think you both said the, the ending the, the ending fight, right? The last... Um, that was awesome. I, th- I feel like the last episode was so good. It, it bumped it up to as high of a rating that uh, I gave it. Um, even though it kind of felt like they were retreading a little bit of Rebels, I still really appreciated it. Um, I think, you know, a lot more people saw this than they saw Rebels, so it's new to them. Oh, yeah. But just, you know, they, they didn't hold anything back. Um, they, they didn't care for to try and match um, lightsaber duels from uh, A New Hope or anything. They just let it all out there. And just the way it all came together at the end, and I loved the fan service, you know, seeing Qui-Gon there at the end. Oh, yeah. um, getting to see Alderaan and seeing a final goodbye between Obi-Wan and Leia. I just thought it was it was so good. It just, it, you know, all the, the parts that I didn't like from it were kind of wiped away in that last episode um, and just made me look at the whole series. It was almost like a, like a road trip and there were some yeah. maybe some places you didn't want to go or some boring places you went along the way, but in the end it was really worth it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think that's a pretty good summary of what the show was like. Um, so question for you guys, during the final duel, was was Obi-Wan overpowered? What do we think? I I'm gonna be contrary and I've got some real issues with the final the final duel. Um that might that might that might lock into my five dislikes of the show, even though I did like it. Um was he overpowered where he's grabbing all the rocks and throwing all the rocks? I don't maybe. Um Probably. I, I think probably. But wasn't Vader doing that too? Wasn't he cracking things and throwing? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the fact that they I, do that this time and they didn't do that other times or in other stuff is, is, is kind of stands out. But also, like, when you're telling these stories in the way that we're actually watching them, you kind of do want to try and do something new. So, like, mm-hmm. I'm okay, I'm okay with, with, with that. Um, I had I had a lot more issue with the way it was shot and lit and the kind of the choreography of it just felt very I was very excited to watch it because I loved seeing Obi-Wan and Vader go to duel and I love those two characters and all my emotional baggage is there from from childhood through the prequels to this so I'm I'm excited I'm on board with it but man have you looked at like some of those shots where it's just like it's Obi-Wan, he's got all the rocks, and everything is just sort of this gray tone, right? There's no, like, highlights of, like, setting up lights to really capture stuff. It's all, like, everything's gray, and Vader's walking through, and he's just gray, and everything is gray, and it's it's all on that that dumb holodeck thing that they have, you know, the soundstage that projects LED yep. stuff. Oh, boy, man. That's I, on my dislikes, that's for oh, sure. <laughs> holy, holy gosh, guys, you... you I know you guys think that's neat. You got to get away from it. Like the actors might think they're in a real spot, but I'm watching it and I'm like, you are in a small sound stage and the, the, the setup for your final duel this time. It's, it's not as, not as big. It doesn't need to be as over the top as revenge of the Sith. Cause I think the second half of revenge of the Sith's thing where they're running on the, the, the pylons and falling off those and jump. Like, I think that's ridiculous. Like it's the silliest thing it's 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 i can't take it seriously but this was like they're standing on a flat plane and there's like stalagmites and they kind of walk between stalagmites that are just you know comped in i'm like on just a flat gray planet i'm like god oh that's (laughs) it's so visually dull um it so doesn't help with the drama of anything that's going on the lighting is flat um yeah 
Sorry. Right. So I really, I really took a turn there. I didn't no, mean to, but every, but it I really is the same in some ways, and yeah. s in some ways disagree. But I see exactly what you're saying. Um, do we want to transition to some of the dislikes? Uh, I think. Yeah. Let's of, go ahead and uh, let's think, go ahead and, and do that. So yeah, go ahead, Dave. Um, yeah, I think you know this is going to be a good discussion because I think a lot of uh, each of us have some things that we like and some that are on our dislikes and vice versa. But just to piggyback back off of what you were just talking about, Tom, my number one is basically, I think if I describe it correctly, the cinematography. Yeah. Um, just throughout the whole series, especially in the middle two episodes, I just felt like the camera was just showing me the back of the volume the whole time. Yeah. You could see the arch, um, just the way they would shoot it. You could see that there weren't enough extras. Yeah. There wasn't even cardboard cutouts of Star Wars, of Stormtroopers standing there, you know, just seeing that there's eight guys standing there. Yeah, just looks so bad, and no and, one and no one's moving. Yeah. Like there's all these really exciting things going on. Oh no, they're being shot at mm -hmm. by a zillion, and everyone just kind of standing there. Like, yeah, and then when they noticed what? it, it's like they kind of try to do shaky cam, and I think it, what we talked about in our chat, it just sort of looked like Star Star Trek: The Next Generation. Yeah, when they get hit and the camera shakes, and they did that like a lot with close ups and it would shake all around. Yeah, and. It just felt cheap to me, which I thought it's, this was the, the one title that they shouldn't have made feel cheap. Yeah, it's the entire series felt uh, you could see the budget. Like, I, I could see the budget being strained, and I'm reminded why The Mandalorian, which doesn't have to pay any main main actors, is a 20-minute long show. Um, mm -hmm. It's just, I, I, I absolutely don't understand why they didn't pull out all the stops for this show to really amp the budget up. I mean, you've got Ewan McGregor back. You've got Hayden Christensen back. You've got some great, like, guest actors who don't just show up to say, you know, a, a line of dialogue and then be gone. You know, uh, Indira Varmus, a spectacular actress, and they did a good job with her. Um, um, I, I can't remember the fellow's name who plays uh, uh, Haji, but he's he's such a good actor. He's so much fun. Mm -hmm. Um and like, and Moses Ingram is delightful, but like, so I know they're spending money on actors, but God, gosh, guys, give the director more time to get shots, to get lighting right, to really make, make some of this stuff dynamic. It felt like, yeah, I'm, I'm watching an old episode of Star Trek, not even a modern Star Trek where there's lots of dynamic stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, it's not the sort of thing that bothered me a lot when I'm watching it for the first time because I'm so excited about the characters and the story being generally told that I'm forgiving of it. But on, like, rethinking it, I'm not like, oh, man, I want to watch that final duel again because it's like, yeah, it's just kind yeah. of a gray thing with, you know, yeah, sorry. It's, I know I'm, I'm I think it off. took me out of it, too, a lot of times where I want to be invested in, I want to be in it emotionally and uh, I could think back to the, on my dislikes here was almost all of uh, chapter four and like the effects mm. in that, the end when the uh, speeders come in and it just looks like they're, they look like they're scaled improperly. The way they move doesn't seem like they would move in the space on the staging that I'm seeing. Was that in episode and three where they're in the Fortress Inquisitors? Isn't that four? What, whichever one, yeah, when they're on the Fortress Inquisitors, um, that's yeah. the one I'm talking about. And it just three. looked wrong and they were just, you know, just didn't look right. A lot of looking badness happened and they killed here. wade <laughs> i can't believe they killed wade off wade wade was dead wade should have been the one to ram the ship into the other ship it broke <laughs> lore that wade was killed sorry i know we're never going to recover from wade dying poor wade yeah that name fortress inquisitorious it's just such the i i just can't like it around it it just sounds so silly i love it it's incredibly silly. It's incredibly silly in a Star Warsy way that I get a kick out of. General Grievous. <laughs> it's dumb. It's a dumb name, but I I like it. Yeah. Um, anything else on your uh, on your list, Dave? Um. Well, the other one that overlaps with your guys' likes, and I'm sorry, I really enjoyed the acting of Reva, um, which Moses Ingram. Mm -hmm. uh, you, what you said is true. She brought like a, a freshness, um, but I just thought the placement of the character was off to me. Almost like she was placed um, to be like a main character, and that's not what I personally wanted from the series. So that's why I'm getting so angry about it. <laughs> but I wanted to see more of of Vader and Obi Wan, 
And I felt like her story didn't, to me, didn't feel like it needed to be there because the only purpose she served, it was as a tool for Kenobi to manipulate her to get out of trouble for that one episode. Yeah, it was a little bizarre. Yeah, and then the whole, there was no drama at all in the last episode when they had to cut into like some of the best Star Wars that I I think that we're getting into the Obi-Wan Vader fight. And you're, you know nothing's going to happen. You know no one's going to die. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to kill Luke Skywalker. And there was just no drama there. And I was just kind of like, why is this character here? And it almost sort of felt like filler when I felt like they could have filled in other ways around yeah. the end of the series. But again, can... the, the actress was great. The performance was great. She felt fresh and energetic. I just felt the placement was weird. I felt that's that a her... Good... Yeah, that, that's a good point because... You know, Tom was talking a little while ago about how, how exciting it was to see uh, Owen and Baru like in action and taking care of Luke and stuff. And that's a really exciting thing to see on screen, but it just kind of felt weird how like the whole thing with Reva being there, being intercut with the Ben Vader duel was done. It just, to me, that was like, anytime they cut to like Reva and all that, I was like, no, 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 go back to the Vader and Obi-Wan. I want to mm-hmm. see what's going on over there. Yeah. So it just seemed like a weird, weird thing, way for them to do it. It's uh, her her character's arc in the end confused the bejeepers out of me. Um, like I got it up through episode four, and then she gets stabbed. And I I know we don't kill people with stabs anymore. That's a that's a thing. But like they didn't they didn't address it at all. She was just fine the next episode. And then she she's gonna go kill Luke's. I don't understand what she wanted to. Like, she doesn't want to impress Darth Vader at this point. Uh, she somehow thought she was going to get back at Anakin Vader by killing his son, but maybe didn't realize he didn't know. It was I don't, confusing. I don't think, did she know that it was his son? I just thought she I, knew it was an important kid. See, that's, yeah, who knows? Like, she just heard that recording and he, Bale doesn't say. Yeah, it's, you know, it's another Anakin's thing. It's, it's another thing that Obi-Wan is after. Obi-Wan's protecting that kid on that planet. Oh, and he's chased across the galaxy to get this one. But mm-hmm. at that point, why does she want to get Obi-Wan? Like, uh, if they yeah, could have somehow uh, edited that character out of this show and re-edit into some sort of like future Darth Vader series, mm-hmm. that I would find very interesting. Mm-hmm. If they were focusing on Vader and we see what's going on between Vader and Reva, like I like it, but it just felt odd placed in this series to me. Mm. You know, and I could see that scene playing a lot better with Owen and, and Baru and Luke. Maybe that being something that that happens, be like, oh, this is very interesting, and, and this is like a new hope, you know, leading into. It, it just again, it just felt really weird edited in, into that epic fight at the end of a series when there's no drama whatsoever because you know nothing consequential is going to happen. Right. Yeah, I wasn't particularly worried that Kid Luke Skywalker is going to get yeah. killed off by. I like I liked the character Reva quite a bit because I, I felt you needed a bad guy. One of my major problems is you you. If you have a story that's going to be about, you know, there's going to be bad guy, a good guy fighting a bad guy with a sword at the end of it, um, you've got to question whether who's going to survive, right? And we know Darth Vader survives, and we know that um, uh, Obi-Wan survives. So you, it's good to create another bad guy that you, you bring in, and I thought that was going to be her, but then her arc in the final episode perplexed me. And then the other major problem with this is you have the other Inquisitors who... Man, are those characters dull. Um, we knew that the Grand Inquisitor wasn't killed off because he shows up in the cartoon series later on. Okay. Um, and then there's the one played by Han from uh, the Fast and the Furious movies. Who talked like brother. Batman. Yeah, who talked like Batman. He had There was no charm or charisma there. And then there's just another one, the orange girl. I, don't, uh, I guess there's an action figure of her coming out. I, I don't need that. Um... <laughs> I, uh, they're just so in- incredibly dull. Like, the only interesting thing there was the vying for power who was going to become the next Grand Inquisitor to get, you know, like, that was interesting. And then that felt like it was a storyline that was kind of dropped, right? Like, Reva, you're the Grand Inquisitor now, and all right, then we lose the other guys. They're just gone. Yeah, they, yeah, because they have yeah. to show up in the, the next series to get killed off by... The cartoon characters. My mall. <laughs> mall, mall, right? At yeah. least the guy, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think I hate Inquisitors. I like <laughs> I like Reva. <laughs> I thought Reva was kind of fun, but man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was obvious. Right. Well, it's also the same as like there was only two Jedi, right? There's Obi Wan and Yoda, and now there's Ahsoka. Because she can never die, and Ezra, and, and yeah. right, and, and it's just, oh my goodness. I liked the fact that they mentioned Quinlan Voss, because that's a thing that all of us nerds looking for some fan service can say, aha, I know who that character is, and I'm glad that that was it, right? Because a normal, regular viewer just knows, oh, there's someone that Obi-Wan knows on the wall. Good for them, and that's it. That's good fan service for me. If Quinlan Voss had showed up and was like, I will help you, Obi-Wan Kenobi, I would have punched myself in the face. <laughs> we don't we want that. that. No, I no, mean, no. I'm certain there's people watching this that would love to see me punch myself in the face. I will ignore them. Um, all right. Is that your whole list of negative statements? Um, the last one what I have. <laughs> I got about 25. We're not now. Um, my last one, I think, um, if again with if with the Riva, maybe I would have liked to see um, more uh, between Vader and Obi Wan, and I wanted to see more of uh, Obi Wan believing that there was still good in Anakin. Like yeah. maybe that could have been the dynamic. Is uh, once uh, Kenobi realizes that Anakin survived, him reconnecting with the Force and using that as a way to try to bring Anakin back. And it really was just kind of like a good guy versus bad guy thing, you yep. know, like, and I, you know, they set it up in the beginning. I, f I felt like they teased us with the show on Padme saying that there was, there's still good in them that she knows it. Um, we all know of the, the line from Return of the Jedi that Vader says about um, Obi-Wan once thought as you did to Luke. And they didn't really ever touch that, you know. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. wish I would have got more of that. That would have been that would have been an interesting, yeah. yeah. Instead, yeah, it's as you said, it's just. Well, they 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 go to a they go to a, a green screen planet. Sorry, the volume planet, and they have a sword fight. Fortress and watch him have a sword. Yeah, they have a cool sword fight. I like the sword fight, but you know, it's you know, it's it's just it's just it's just a sword fight. Mm. Yeah, there's no as you said, there's no drama there. There's, a, there's, a, there's some drama there. But it was the same drama we got in Revenge of the Sith. What was different about this one? It's like the dialogue was almost the same. It's like, I failed you, Anakin. It's like, I'm sorry, Anakin. I, I thought it was directed better. I thought that I felt there was more emotion in these two actors as they're spewing this this, this stuff out, uh, which was great. But, um, you know, I, do, I don't feel like I got a new insight into either of these people. Yeah, if we would have gotten more Hayden and seen maybe... Mm -hmm some self-doubt in him, like doubting yeah. the ways of the Sith that would have made that, uh, at the end, the turn, him saying that he's the one that killed Anakin, like yeah. a lot more impactful. Which is an awesome line. Yeah. That was so, like like the, the moment he goes, you didn't kill Anakin yeah. Skywalker. Like, because we think he's going to be like, I lived, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, I did. It was like, oh, that's so cool. What a, what a, what a great piece of creepy dialogue there. Sorry, Victoria. I feel like I'm yelling over you. I'm going to zip it. <laughs> I'm, I get animated about this. And I loved this show, guys. Remember, I loved yeah, this show. Same. Yeah, me too. It reminds me of when I watched The Phantom Menace, and uh, I was like, man, I loved watching The Phantom Menace, but here's three hours of me complaining about The Phantom Menace. <laughs> and it took 20 years later, I'm like, I don't care about it. I love it anyway. Yeah, I feel like what you're saying, Dave, like, you know, Obi-Wan didn't really appeal to Anakin's, like, you know, to tell him to let go or, you know, like, yeah, you're right. That that was kind of not really addressed. Um, I mean, Obi-Wan once thought as you do. I mean, I've always kind of thought, okay, the Revenge of the Sith, that's when he's like, you know, oh, you know, Anakin, you're my brother, this and that. Yeah. But, like, I think there was an opportunity here to play into it a little bit more and maybe him try to appeal to Vader and maybe that was shot and 
taken out. Mm-hmm. I don't know the pacing, who knows? Um, like, I think that would have gone a little bit of ways because um, there were certain lines, like he said, like, you know, my friend is truly dead. You know, obviously that ties to Return of the Jedi and, you know, Luke's line. But I mean, they did, they kind of just ignored, you know, like Vader's comments later. They they played Obi-Wan up to Obi-Wan's comments, Luke's comments, but not so much Vader's. And um, yeah, I think that could have been done a little bit better. Um, all right, um, Tom, your list. Oh, we, we sort of we sort of hit on the cinematography thing and the, the fact that I, the the limitations of the budget. Some spots, other spots that it really stood out to me at the the start of episode five, episode six, episode six. Oh, right, there's six episodes, not five. So I think you're right about which one was episode four earlier, Dave. Um, I, I got confused because it was only five weeks of the show. Um. At the start of, I mean, episode six is the only one where we see a, a gosh darn Star Destroyer. Why are they not showing us the Star Destroyer beforehand? I don't understand why they're not giving us establishing shots of a Star Destroyer flying overhead before cutting into Darth Vader. Like, it's such classic Star Wars stuff that we love. Do it. Instead, they, they finally do it. And the little, the little space, the spaceship is running away from the Star Destroyer that's being shot at, and everyone on that ship is just sort of standing there like they're on a bus. Like, they're not even doing the Star Trek shakes. There's nothing. <laughs> they're all standing on a bus being like, man, sure sucks being shot at by the evil Galactic Empire, huh? Yep. Beer? I... <laughs> I, I was just watching that, and you go again. It's it's all extras that are just people dressed in like brown burlap sacks. And he's like, like, "Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh, guys, this is just this is <laughs> like this is so dull. It's painfully dull." And it's just like you know, Obi Wan, like you know, no one like runs to another room just checking it. So just Obi Wan just kind of walks over, like, "Hey, you know, I guess we're I've I've got a scheme for us to get out of here." I'm going to get into another ship and fly away. And the guy's like, no, you can't do that. Okay. You know, and ah. there's, there's, there's there's no, like, exciting shot. It's just, like, they're just standing there re- reciting dialogue. And it's not even bad dialogue. It's pretty decent dialogue. It is. Yeah. That and was I gar- weird. I guarantee you. Sorry. Sorry. No, no, no. You're right. That was a little weird. I mean, the, the Grand Inquisitor was like, no, chase them. We can't let him go. And then. The Vader's like, no, we got it. We're gonna go. Obi Wan's more important. Go get my ship. It's like, okay, well, why can't the Star Destroyer continue focusing on that? You know, to me, that was just a little like bit of a disconnect. Like, why? Yeah, why yeah. can't they do two things at once? I mean, yeah, obviously, I, you know, it's plot armor, right? But it's like, why can't they? Like, there's nothing precluding them from doing both things at once. When the plot armor becomes incredibly visible to the audience, is when you have a problem. And this was. Man, was this series full of plot armor stuff. Um, uh, you know, like, like uh, uh, was it episode three where they first encounter Vader and Vader drags Obi-Wan into the fire? Mm-hmm. Was that episode three? I think so. I, I thought-, thought that was so exciting. And then, oh no, the fire got lit back up and the robot picks up obi-wan and slowly walks away with his slow walking robot body and like i don't expect darth vader to walk into the fire because you know he'll probably get burned but he just stood there and let him go and i was i was remember i was convinced oh well you know vader's like aha this is how we're gonna find the, the secret hideout and then the next episode nope it just it didn't it, reva's the only one doing any work in the yeah. Empire for these. Like, literally, she's the only competent character in the show. Um, yeah. Obi-Wan's Obi- o- pretty confident. Little Leia's on top of things, and Reva's knows knows how to get stuff done. But, yeah, Darth Vader's like, I don't know. I, 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 it, <laughs> sorry. It just boggled my mind. He should have walked through the flames. Imagine how badass that would have looked if he just, it like, walked really through cool. and his cape's yeah. on fire and whatever, but he, like, walks through and he's, like, you, get, you know. Yeah. He says something cool and Darth Vader-y. It was perplexing, but I, I kind of feel like in hindsight, now that we've seen the finale, that maybe he was just conflicted about pursuing Obi-Wan for some reason. And if that is the case, it wasn't really made clear at that point, Yeah, which it should have been. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you want more of an emotional weight to that whole relationship, but that's the only way that I can really like reason it is he was disappointed with how weak Obi-Wan had become. And, you know, he's still going through this like back and forth, you know, love, I love him, I hate him kind of thing. And, you know, that's why he let him go. But I don't know. That's just me speculating. I've got another one I didn't like. You want you want this? You're, this we is gonna do. bum you guys out. This is gonna bum me out. The music, the score. I I could I couldn't hum a single bar from the entire thing, and I'm so tired of Star Wars series. And this goes all the way back to the gosh darn Clone Wars, not utilize, utilizing its leitmotifs. Like use these things. These are these are characters in your story. The original Star Wars movie was made awesome because of the music. Empire Strikes Back, Darth Vader became the awesome, intimidating thing because his cool theme music. Use these things. Stop stop being like so precious about it. Like, oh, we can only use it in the last 10 seconds. Why? Every time Darth Vader shows up, let's hear it. And I don't want to mm-hmm. hear anyone telling me that it wasn't in A New Hope. I know it wasn't in A New Hope. They hadn't written it yet. It was used in Rebels. It was used yeah. briefly in Rogue One. Like, make use of your, your character themes. I thought the Obi-Wan theme itself was nice, um, but nothing else about any of the music stood out, and especially in the big climactic duel. I didn't need to hear Duel of the Fates again, though it would have been nice. I didn't need to hear Battle of Heroes again, Though it would have been nice, <laughs> but I didn't. I don't know. I don't remember a single thing about the music from it. It's just sort of like, you're right. Man. The best part of every show was the end credits, where you heard the actual. Um, I think the John Williams recording of the song, yeah. and mm-hmm. it was it was obviously different in every. But it doesn't have to be complex. It could be the most simplest thing in the world. The most recent thing that comes to mind for me is the Batman. There was mm-hmm. like three songs in that whole movie. <laughs> the movie's like three something hours long, and it was amazing. Every time a character showed up, there's Catwoman. There one music. There, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Use these yeah. things. Like that's the thing that drives me nuts about those incredibly mediocre Marvel movies. They almost have no leitmotifs. They have like 400 movies at this point. They have that one for the Avengers, bam, 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 and that's it. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Makes me makes me crazy, guys. Star no, Wars you're, music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're not crazy. That was something I had on my list too. Is that the music? You know, the, the soundtrack of like Star Wars <laughs> movies has always been so part of Star Wars movies. You know, like the music has always been part of the adventure, part of what mm-hmm. we enjoy about Star Wars. It, if you look at Duel of the Fates and you just watch it on silent without the music, it's like. It's, it's just okay, but then when you bring in that score and you see them, like, fighting uh-huh. to it, like, it really, like, amps up the, the ante on, on that whole thing. Yeah. Um, it's a character. It's a major character in Star Wars, the music. It is, and, and there music. wasn't... Like Mando has its music, right? And I like mm-hmm. the, I like what they do in Mandalorian. And the mm-hmm. Obi Wan theme is nice. It's maybe not as memorable as some of the other things, but it's and nice. None of, them, and, none of them are quite as good as Fet Boba 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 Fet Boba 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 Boba. But yeah, no, they they. One thing I I read, and I forget, I can't attribute this to anybody because I can't remember where where I read it. But I did read it somewhere. Um, was that maybe it was an interview with the person that did the music or something, but that they didn't want to rely on things that we hadn't seen like canonically yet. Um, But I mean, they use a lot of these things in the prequels, you know, like the Imperial Marches Mm -hmm. in the prequels. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's there. They really should have relied on stuff from, you know, whether it was like across the stars or like you were saying, Battle of the Heroes, Tom. Like, the, like I was just waiting in that final duel to hear like a cue from Battle of the Heroes in there and it never mm-hmm. came. Mm-hmm. And I was like, OK, well, that's fine. But there wasn't anything to, to you know, substitute it with. It was just right. I don't remember any of the music from that duel. It's just yeah. action music. Yeah, it was just like generic, like like TV music. Like it wasn't anything that sounded Star Warsy. Right. It wasn't anything that really was impactful or memorable. And yeah. I think that's kind of a crime when you're when you're talking about Star Wars. You know, whatever the, the music is, like you're saying, a character. It is part of yeah. that experience. And there just wasn't anything here. 
the original Star Wars without John Williams' score is a mediocre sci-fi movie with some neat special effects. Groundbreaking special effects, but it is a mediocre, kind of dopey movie. It's it's the score that elevates it into one of the greatest movies of all time. Um, and yeah, the, the fact that I... It frustrated yeah. me. They could have gone to any of the any of the John Williams um, scores and just clipped things out and pasted it in and it would have been better than what we got. And I, I wish they just, the, the composer hadn't hadn't done that even, but just like rearranged pieces of it, you know, d- did mm-hmm. the new music, but get the Imperial March in there for stuff. Get, you know, uh, the rebel fanfare in for, for stuff. Um, I know we got to hear Leia's theme a little bit, but, you know, more... Um, heck, bring in the Rogue One Empire theme music. That was a that was a great one. one. Um, I and I know now, like when we get Andor, we're not gonna get. There's no chance that we're gonna get any of those Rogue One musical leap motifs in it. It's gonna be oh, it's so all the same new composer. music. No, no, but I, no. I'm just I'm at this point like again. This frustrated me. The Clone Wars. Grievous has a theme music. The Separatists or the Trade Federation have. Uh, theme music they never used any of those things it was just always like you get the force theme once per episode and once per season you get a snippet of the imperial march for for anakin doing something they, they never used they never used the uh, uh, uh across the stars music in the clone wars like and anakin and padme actually spend time together in the darn thing it just like that drove me nuts in clone wars still drives me nuts now yeah no, it, uh, I, 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 I don't get it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, and I think that goes to one of the things you were talking, you, you were both talking about, you know, and this is one thing that's on my list as well, is like the, the budget just seemed very like low. Yeah. Uh, and it did feel overall like a TV series, almost bordering on like fan filmy at certain points. Yep. Um, and, you know, that's not, if, if any show, you know, that you, just throw money at it should have been this one because this mm-hmm. is like actually like ties into like the the actual saga like much more than mandalorian much more yeah. than book of boba fett much more than and or you know this is like the series that should have gone all the bells and whistles the music the you know the, the high stakes and it it just didn't really have that there were stakes for obi-wan and for for vader but beyond that there what there weren't really any stakes. I mean, I didn't really yeah. feel for that little group of like proto rebels that were, you know, trying to escape, you know, from Vader. Like it was just like, okay, I don't know any of these people. Like yeah. there's there's just a bunch like you were saying, telling burlap sacks and like a yeah, couple yeah. Trandoshans. It's like all right, yeah. who are they? I, I didn't even feel bad when Wade got killed. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, you're right, Victoria. And like I think again, that goes to the the cinematography. I just feel like there weren't close shots when there was a really good acting performance going on i'm thinking of the what was the guy who was the rebel leader that was getting everyone out on the ship he did like some amazing performances and i feel like they're always shot like far away so you can almost like see yeah. his knees instead yeah. of like a close-up and just like he's giving a great performance and yeah. it just wasn't shot right yeah that's true there were great like the, the series is full of really great performances mm-hmm. like everyone is doing like really 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 top-notch work but yeah, and I, I, I absolutely, I don't believe for a second it's that Deborah Chow isn't capable of, of doing it. I'm 100% convinced it's it's on a tightened TG time, TV timeline and budget. And they're like, well, we've got to get it done. And it's like, do you? Do you take a little bit more? Or, or you know, I, I, yeah, it all just felt very, very, in the way that I complain about The Mandalorian, I think that the scripts in that are, are pretty weak and first draft-ish. I no longer think that that's that John Favreau can't write good stuff. I think it's he's the only writer and he's tasked with churning all this stuff out as fast as possible. And I, I feel that from watching this series, how it was like directed and and, and how all the 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 the, the, the setups were, mm-hmm. um, you know, except for maybe in the first episode. The first episode I think was as close to a perfect perfect Star Wars thing for me. Um, Everything about the first episode worked so well for me. Everything about the first one. Yeah, it's interesting because, like, I feel like this is one of those series they had the most time to, like, actually work on. And, uh, you know, obviously it was delayed. There were rewrites and stuff. And I was reading an interview with um, 
from this from the direct.com and this is what Stuart Beatty who was uh he was the original writer mm-hmm. on Obi-Wan Kenobi and he says that it was planned as a trilogy originally mm-hmm. like this was going to be the this first se- um, season was going to be the first film and they were going to have mm-hmm. another film then another film um so yeah it just it's just kind of cur- curiosity like you know you, you give the show six hours and maybe that actually hurt hurt it turning it into a series because now you got to milk it out did. and that's why you have all these scenes of leia running around and nobody can catch her yeah i mean they ca- the, there's two episodes where, where it ends with leia being captured by bad guys and the following episode is is obi-wan getting her back that happens twice it's like yeah it's it's obvious this was stretched out and it didn't need to be mm-hmm. and at one point yeah, yeah one, 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 one tight, tight movie. movie one tight movie yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It, I yeah. think it could have possibly worked better as a film, uh, just yeah. like one, like three-hour film, maybe, just like a, mm-hmm. you know, fi- yeah. I, and then with with the score and with everything, like properly done. Yeah, yeah, yeah no yeah, question. That, that was my biggest problem was those middle two episodes, um, mm-hmm. and I think yeah, if if they even had done four episodes and just made them like 40, 45 minutes each or something, that might have fixed a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, the budget constraints are just yeah. It's it's interesting that that's how. It, we all feel and uh, from looking online other people see you know those people like i hate reva because you know whatever um but other people it's just like yeah it just feels feels like i'm watching i mean i am i'm watching a tv show but it feels like i'm watching a tv show right if i watch breaking bad breaking bad is a tv show i don't it feels pretty cinematic Mm -hmm. you know game of thrones despite its terrible final season felt pretty cinematic this feels like I'm watching a TV mm-hmm. show. Like you could, you could have told me this was airing on ABC, <laughs> ABC Sunday nights. Obi Wan Kenobi. What adventures <laughs> does he get up to this week? And it's like I would be like, yeah, all right, you know. And thirty years ago, that would have been the best thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> um, yeah, it's 2022 now. No, we've, we've, it's a we've shame that we have apocalypse. all these services, and I, we can watch Stranger Things is going on the same time right now. Yeah. And that's just insanely good. It looks yeah. good. Yeah. Even, even I'm going back and watching it. Even season one of Stranger Things has better effects and are shot. They shoot around the bad CG yep. or whatever better than this show did back in, mm-hmm. what was that, 2016 now? And um, yeah. even on the same now. app, I believe the, the Marvel shows, I watch all them and they're better. You know, I, I feel like they're longer. They develop some of the characters better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even like Loki, when they do shoot on the volume and you can see that it's a stage, it looks better mm-hmm. than what we got here, you know, because there were in Loki, there was plenty of times where they were on another planet or something. And you could <laughs> tell that it was a green screen yeah. or something, but it just looked better. I, th- I think it bugged me in Loki there, too. But um, but I, I don't care enough about Loki to have had that bother me. Whereas this, you know, when I'm watching Star Wars, I don't want to be watching something and be like, oh, man. I can see the budget constraints there. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe in my head, I still I feel like Star Wars is like top notch, and they shouldn't have anything right. holding them back. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's is that not how they feel anymore? Is Marvel the, the number one? You know, and obviously. Oh, for sure. Netflix is putting um, a lot of money into to Stranger Things. That's their number one. Yeah. But um, I mean. If, if they're not, I feel like they're wasting their opportunity here, you know, because it I, could be rivaling I, all the... Entirely. And, and it's absolutely, yeah, they're absolutely not putting all all all, all into it. Uh, I, and I don't know why, because Solo underperformed. I, I, guys, it was it was one movie, like... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's... The, the, that was a Disney thing. I mean, even yeah. this article I was talking about, it mentions that, you know, like, you know that's why they pulled the plug on this being a trilogy was because of solo and that that was too gut reactionary i feel like really and, reactionary i mean it's it's like you said it's one movie and you know it's a movie that nobody like asked for necessarily it ended up being mm-hmm. great i think but yeah it's not a movie anyone asked for everybody was asking for kenobi and it's yeah. Like, yeah no one yeah nobody wants to see harrison ford be recast everyone was angry about that and then you get the two guys that make the the the, the Spider-Man. But before that, they'd done some other funny stuff. You get them on board, then you tell you know six months before it's going to be released, you're reshooting the whole thing. So it's a movie that no one's excited about anyway, featuring a casting decision that no one's happy about, plus a bunch of behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, and, and no one went to see it. You're surprised. 
Um, also, we just had a Star Wars movie a couple months earlier. Like, mm-hmm. th- this was when Bob Iger was convinced that they were going to churn out multiple Star Wars movies every year like Marvel's. Like, you can't mm-hmm. do that. Marvel, you can keep retelling the exact same story over and over again because there's a new character this time. And, uh, you know. And it came out like two weeks after Infinity War. <laughs> that's God, that's right. Oh, my God, I forgot that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah, whereas everyone wants to see Ewan McGregor back as Obi Wan Kenobi, everyone. Mm-hmm. That's why, like most people, I like this series. I think everyone I've everything I've seen is pretty similar complaints. But it's like, yeah, but Ewan McGregor is Obi Wan Kenobi. You can't go wrong there, despite all of these things. That is for sure. Yeah. So I mean, lots of uh, you know, lots of great stuff. Lot you know, lots mm-hmm. of not great stuff i mean i i still agree it was a fun series it was it was enjoyable we didn't mention the emperor the emperor was kind of cool to see again um i can i can i about the emperor real, <laughs> Go for quick, it. real quick i have to because this is the first time the emperor's makeup looked like it did in return of the jedi the revenge of the sith one always looks like weird and I wonder if they took the shot from Return of the Jedi where he's standing up on the platform and Luke is, he's just thrown his lightsaber away and he's like, I'm a Jedi like my father before me. And the Emperor is standing there and he goes, so be it, Jedi. And I wonder if they just put Ian McDiarmid's face on there. Because, like, it looks, I'd have to compare the shots, but it, it looks like like they got all the stuff perfect yeah. on the this time. I can see that. Um, I'm fine I, with that if they did. But, you know, I feel like he looked more closer to the Rise of Skywalker, like, you know, more like just a really old man, like kind of what Return of the Jedi, I think, originally intended. Uh-huh. Um, but the voice was definitely different. I feel like the voice was more like Chancellor Palpatine than yeah. Emperor a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, I agree there. Mm-hmm. Still great. Still great that he was there. And, you know, Qui-Gon, of course, you know, was, Qui-Gon was, thing was uh, amazing. Uh, I was always here. You just weren't ready to see. Great mm-hmm. piece of great piece of uh, uh, Jedi dialogue there, and I loved it because like they'd set they'd set the entire series up that we we know we're gonna get Qui Gon, and thank God Qui Gon didn't come in to save the day when he's fighting. I was really worried it's he's gonna be Obi Wan's gonna be fighting Vader, and then Vader's gonna be beating him, and then Qui Gon's gonna show up and save the day. It's like oh, come on guys, and they didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. Also, they didn't. They didn't turn hello there into a joke, but they did give it to us at a lovely, mm-hmm. lovely, charming moment. That made me, like, tear up. I was like, oh, my God, they did it. Same but it's, it's just a nice, nice thing rather than, ha-ha, wink, we get you, audience. <laughs> it's a funny little gag, see? Yeah. I think Frick was my favorite character. Because <laughs> I feel like Frick, you know? That's a weird story. <laughs> you should check these guys out. <laughs> I thought he was great. Yeah, and they didn't kill him either, right? They right, just like yeah, they didn't kill him. He hit him yeah. on the head. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we just got lost, and we were going to see my mom's grave, and then we got lost out here in the middle of nowhere. Huh. Well, that seems like a weird story. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was. The freak knows how to get things done. He's right up there yeah. with Riva and, and Ben, and so. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right on. Well, guys, this has been fun. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll get a season two. Maybe I'd we'll find it. out soon. Yeah, I'd watch I'd it, it too. Mm-hmm. Um, but thanks for coming on as always. And uh, you know, definitely fun to compare our, you know, what the series was like to what we originally suspected it could possibly or not be. Um, Dave, where can our listeners and watchers go to look you up on the interwebs? Um, find me pretty much anywhere, Jurassic Dave93. Um Twitter, Instagram, to chat about anything. Pretty much, you know, things that we've been talking about, Marvel and Star Wars and Jurassic Park. Awesome. Tom? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Demon. That's W-O-O-Z-L-I-N. Demon. Woozlin Demon. Awesome. I'm well, really have... boring. <laughs> you're, you're, if, if, you're, you're not... It, that's not one word I would ever attribute to you, Tom. It's boring. <laughs> ever. Um, well, thanks, you guys. So we'll have links to all these awesome places in the show notes. Definitely check them out. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you guys in the next episode. Cheers, all. all right, Bye. Later. 
Thank you for listening to the Cantina Chatter podcast. Huge thanks to my guests on this episode. You can also find me on the Vintage Collection podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. Please consider leaving us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Follow Victoria's Cantina where it all started on YouTube, celebrating nine years this year, where we talk about Star Wars toys, including news, analysis, reviews, and interviews. There's also the weekly live stream Cantina Social Hour every Friday night. You can follow me on Twitter at Vic's Cantina, on Instagram at Victoria's Cantina, and on Facebook and TikTok. Extra special thanks to our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for helping us to do what we do. Collect them all. And no matter where you're tuning in from out in the galaxy, I'd like to thank you for tuning in to the Cantina Chatter Podcast.